This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered legal, medical, or mental health advice. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the podcast and are not intended to malign any religion, group, club, organization, business, individual, anyone, or anything. Hey everyone, it's Dippy here. Here's a replay from The Vaults that was originally broadcast especially for our A Little Bit Culty Patreon crowd. You can get more of this kind of thing, plus ad-free flagship episodes and other exclusive treats if you hang out with us on Patreon. Cold chillin'. Sometimes we Zoom, sometimes we make word salads, you never know. So come on over, why don't you? All the cool kids are doing it on Patreon. Find us at patreon.com slash a little bit culty. Welcome, JB, a.k.a. John Bryant, an overdue interview, correct, sir? We've been talking about this, I think, actually, well, since the podcast existed. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Really, it's the song existed, and then the podcast followed. But the cult existed, and then the song existed, (laughs) and then the podcast came. And before that, you existed. I did. You were here. was around. On Earth. Uh And somehow you managed to find your way into this crazy group. So let's start there. Which leads us to the first question. And I think... For our audience, it'd be great to hear what were the rumblings of what was probably ESP and Ethos to you originally. Nexium didn't really exist as a name as much as it was, hey, there's this course. Like, what was your like walking around Vancouver, heard about it, heard mm-hmm. the buzz, got in, and then your hit single? <laughs> well, I first heard about it through someone very close to me, a family member, and uh, I'll leave it at that. She brought it up to me probably back in 2016, 2015, maybe a couple times in, in a year. And she, she said, hey, you're, you're an artist. You, you want to build your business. You want to build your identity. You want to like know yourself better. You want to become emotionally like intelligent, mature, improve your life in every way possible. I have something for you. Here's the pitch. So she, she pitched, pitched it like that. Yeah, it was like, this will help you in every way as a musician, as an artist, as an actor. And then I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll be fine. Then I went on a tour and it was always money for me because as an artist, I'm always like, when am I going to get the next paycheck? And and I went on a tour and I did pretty well. And I had some extra money and she was like, you should do it. You should just do it. Yeah, you're right. And she's like, if you knew you could improve your life indefinitely and exponentially and it just cost you this much money, would you do it? I'm like, yeah, I guess I would. Like, it's not that much considering, like, what she's proposing, what could happen. So I, I, that's how I got into it. Did it happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. Thank you, Vanguard. Yeah. Thank you, Vanguard. I'll always love knowing, was there one particular thing in the pitch that you were going for? Like, I'm going to pay two grand and I want to X. Like, what is it that you were wanting to develop? And all those things that was really your, what was your hook? Oh, the hook was well, family member. Family is huge. Yeah, I was like, first thing I heard, I trust this person. The thing that that got me—it's kind of silly to think about now—but I would have like really bad temper tantrums when I'd be driving. And I remember you were there. We were at JJ Bean, and we were chatting, and you said, "What makes you really angry?" And I said, "Uh, "Parking tickets." I remember this. And and making a wrong turn, I just lose my mind just like, if I miss like an exit, I'll just go crazy. Is that you too? Yeah. Not many things disturb my calm. <laughs> He's, You've seen me in traffic. Honestly, he turns into a different person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I get it. I get it. But we, I guess you yeah. never EM that, Nippy, when you were in Nexium. Oh, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> keep it. Yeah, hold on to it. It's not limiting me with the traffic. <laughs> I'm already limited being in traffic. But, but also, yeah. back up, interesting nugget there, just remembering, sometimes these memories come back when people remind me. We did so many enrollment meetings at JJ Bean. Okay. Yeah. So that was like that was the spot. We called it our office because we didn't have an office, right? So yeah. we'd meet at JJ Bean and we sat and we'd try to elicit like 
you know, what people were going for and what their limitations were. I remember you talking about traffic. Tell our Ameri- yeah. American audience what J.J. Bean is. Oh, so J.J. Bean for our Americans and Europeans and Africans and Asians and wherever else you live other than— You're so a, diverse. So diverse. I'm super inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> J.J. Bean is like a local coffee roaster, so most people here would but, never go to Starbucks. But good. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, yeah it's a local it's like company. a good Starbucks. Yeah, it's like ethically sourced oh, and come on. all that stuff. Also inclusive. Those buzzwords. <laughs> and sustainable. Sustainable. <laughs> Anyways. Farm to table. Farm to table, organic, non-GMO, artisanal. Okay. So we're sitting there in JG Bean, and so we say, like, this is you for the low, low price of 2160, yeah. you too can overcome your road rage and be an, a successful artist. Mm-hmm. And that was the hook? That was the hook. That was it. I was like, this is a problem. And I've had a I had a temper growing up. I was homeschooled and I just got made fun of as a kid. So I kind of get, have a temper tantrum every time that would happen. And, and, uh, you know, it was always this like thing it was trigger. It was more like, that'd be kind of interesting if I could like, just stop doing that. Right. Like what a mind fuck. What a, what a crazy idea. You know, I don't have to live with this tantrum popping up every time, I, you know, something bad happened or yeah. something. If, I made a mistake. If that, all, all the things that promised were true and some of them were, it would be, <laughs> it would be worth that. It, yeah. I still believe that if you could evolve any one of your limiting patterns, yeah. it would be worth 2000 What were you going to say? Well, whoever said family member was did a really good job of you had trust and then just said, well, what if you could get rid of that? Would it be worth the cost? Yeah. I probably I taught mean, that family member those, those how to do that. Those two things right there are kind of, you know, <laughs> why someone would do it. Yeah, because yeah. we 100%. believe that. And that was our job is to isolate what somebody's main a, their goals were, mm-hmm. right? What is it that you want? And then what's stopping you from, from having that? And sometimes it was just like trying to isolate one pattern yeah. or one thing and then saying, hey, yeah. is it worth it to overcome that? Okay, so then you did a you did a five-day first. Is that right? I did the five-day. Yeah, that's the only thing I did, really. Right. You didn't do Athos after? No, I ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't overcome your financial limitations. No. But, did, but did the five-day address the issue that you— signed up for you know what it did i think it resolved a few other things that were going on too i was dating brie and who became my wife and at the time yeah we weren't married yet but there was this ex of hers and every time he would come up in a conversation i would get really just there's this this boiling anger that would just come mm-hmm. out of me and i'd be I'd be so you know what i mean like this un, it's uncontrolled but i'd see red and it was not over nothing it just he just came up in conversation so that was one of the things that actually I was able to wipe out. Oh, great. Completely. So yeah, did you, it was wild. You, did you have an EM about that? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember what was that? The, the, and you don't have to share this, but only if, you, if it, you're if you so sure. inclined. Like, do you no. remember what the sort of, and I'm saying this because our patron audience always wants to know, like, you know, what were the good parts about it? Like, yeah. And so oftentimes when I'm trying to explain what, a, what an EM is like, is there's usually some belief that's like the underpinning of that reaction that kind of mm-hmm. holds the whole thing in place. Do you remember what it was? I was explaining this to someone recently, like maybe a few months ago in the process. And I was like, the process is really fuzzy right now because it was it was so long ago. But the question of like, what do you lose if you let go of this yeah. anger mm-hmm. and hatred for this person? I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, it was it was a click. Mm-hmm. And, and something happened where I, for some reason, like an old, <laughs> like an old car comes into my mind in the desert. And like, and I meet this guy and I'm like, you know what? You're okay, man. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't hate. You know, it was just, it was like in the Palm Desert and it was a Cadillac and we were, I don't know, that that kind of popped into my mind of like that, just how I 
visualize because I, I tend to use imagery to represent moments like very profound moments where I'm letting go of something. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, that kind of popped into my mind just now of like, it's just saying goodbye to Oh, that's great. Yeah, letting go of that anger. I picture that now in a future music video. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. what do you think? Yeah. We're going to go to to Palm Desert. Talk therapy to art. Yeah, well, that's how it happens. I don't want to jump too far ahead to the song because there's lots of imagery there, but we'll pause for a second. So, okay, so you did the fight. Anything else from your five-day that you remember that you— we never really talked about that. Like, I, you had a good experience overall, right? Oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was great. I, I was hungry all the time, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I had to be like, should I go pee now or later, or do I not pee? Always. And I got sick. Did you? I threw it? up in the bathroom twice. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, at the center. Yeah, I got so sick, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta push through. Like, really making strides here, you know. That's and that bathroom would make you sick too. Yeah, Wait, you puked. And then we probably— well, that bathroom was basically a septic. Oh, the bathroom was terrible. It was brutal. The one in the back? Oh, my yeah. God. It was like, I'm sure I didn't help. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, it smelled like I was going into, like, raw sewage. Yeah. No, I know. It was Fair terrible. Enough. As you were. Any other, like, fun tidbits or, like, memories from the five-day? Who taught your five-day? His name was— Alex? DeCoste, DeCoste, no. Jim Del Negro. G- Jim Del Negro. Do you, know? Do you know he's since passed? What? Yeah. Jim passed away. When did he pass away? August of 21. Yeah. Holy yeah. Smoke. He had a heart condition that Keith had convinced him was emotional. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. I know. And he was such a good guy. He was like, he really He's awesome. cared. Yeah, he really cared about people. I yeah. mean, he was a full on, when you talk about being brainwashed, like he was a full so- soldier for yeah. the mission, you know? And yeah. like, so he, he didn't leave. He just stuck with he didn't Keith leave. the whole time. Yeah. Oh, man. And he died before he could wake up. That is so sad. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Poor Jim. Yeah. We loved him. He was one of Nippy's groomsmen at our wedding. Wow. Yeah. 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 He was very, very sweet guy. Nice to me. You know, I remember we went out for lunch one day, you, me, and him, and a bunch of the other guys. And yeah, he seemed just like a sweetheart. Yeah. Did you connect with anyone else there that, or is it mostly, we have our mutual friend, your family member, yeah. who brought you in? Yeah. So what happened after that? Do you remember what life was like after your five day? Yeah, I remember going out. My wife still gets mad at me for this. Why? Oh, because uh, we went out for for tacos at this place on Davy, and uh, she's like, "So, how was it?" And I was like, "Well, honey, I, I can't really talk oh, about no. it." <laughs> oh, shit. You were like, doing shit. the top secret thing. Now thinking, it's like so funny, but like I was being top secret. I was like, I could get I could get sued if I talk about this. I, <laughs> this is pretty sensitive information. Did and, you really uh, feel that you could get sued? Yeah, because. The legal stuff with this, with like the Bronfmans and all that, I'd heard about it. I had actually researched a bit about it before I did it, and I'd seen that they were they were out suing. But uh, yeah, I, I I did tell her like it was very cool, and it it definitely changed my outlook, my perspective, and I felt more like in control of mm-hmm. my emotions, and I understood who I was a bit better. Yeah, so it did bring some awareness. Yeah, to your life. Yeah, definitely, and it still does. Talking about things that you don't normally talk about tend to do that, mm-hmm. regardless yeah. of who it's with. Yeah. And then you credit ESP for it. That's right. Well, I mean, we know now that he took from a bunch of modalities and packaged together essentially like talk therapy, yeah. cognitive behavioral therapy, neurolinguistic programming, mm-hmm. Buddhism, some yeah. new age stuff. Yeah. Some, what's that guy's name? David Hawking's Power Versus Force. Yeah. I read that. Right. Yeah. Great yeah. book. And yeah. No, this, book. literally, when I read it, when we were out, I found like, Two or three passages that were verbatim. Oh, really? Taken from it, lifted from it. Yeah, yeah. which wow. is wild. 
But all that to say, we, we love it when we when we run into people who are like we were. I didn't tell you this, but I was at a, a birthday party for one of the kids, and there was a parent there that I had totally forgotten had come to ESP, and she was a bit weird with me at first because she didn't know, like, I hadn't talked to her, and she's like, "I just want you to know, like, it, it really helped me in my life, and like, no harm, no hard feelings for me." And like, mm-hmm. no, great. I mean, we love to know that <laughs> there was some good that came of it, out of it, and the most further people. Further away from Keith, you were the more benign this looked. It looked. I mean, that's the biggest thing that he was able to pull off is like you go to Mexico, you go to LA, you go to New York, you go to the Vancouver centers and you just feel like, Oh, there's a bunch of people that are talking about their goals. Yeah. It's benign. And that's kind of the genius of it. If you're going to call anything genius, it made it look like a, like a school and a business. Yeah. But closer to him, you got the worse. So far, all the comments from the Patreon people are, please tell John Bryant. We love his song. I love Aww. it. Adrian Olson, best podcast theme song ever. Sandy art. Love that song. <laughs> Justin Underhill, what is your take on the weird-ass Nexium acapella stuff? Are you familiar with that whole story? Oh, no. What happened? That that was before your time. We're going to do another episode on that. But long story short, in 2010? No, before we got married. So like 2007, 8, 9, there was a whole acapella trend like around the time of Pitch Perfect. And there was big in 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 the colleges. And Keith created like an acapella event in Albany and brought all these major acapella personas, leaders, whatever you call them, to Albany to do this event. And really, it was just another way for him to, like, source out college girls. totally what he was doing. Yeah. That was always a way, like, how can I tap into that group of hot college or that group of young women or that group of young women? He was basically a predator. He was a predator. Yeah. But you weren't around, so that you won't won't have much to say on that. Yeah. No Um, comment. No comment. (laughs) Okay. So you go back to your life. You use the tools. Mm -hmm. How did you first hear about the shit hitting the fan. Uh, my family member f- friend called me up. I remember the street I was on. I was on Clark driving in my car. And she said, hey, there's going to be some news coming out in the next few days. It's going to be in the New York Times. And it's not good. And I'm like, <laughs> what is it? And she's like, I can't say anymore. But, <laughs> because I have the Bronfman's after me. And uh, wow. the Bronfman's, like, they're just They're crazy. so scary. They're so scary. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 pull, I think I pulled over and I was like, Bree was in the car with me. I was like, "What? I wonder what happened." And I was like, "Probably some sex stuff." Yeah. <laughs> that's what. That's immediately what I thought. Yeah. Right. Like, I bet Keith is like fucking like yeah, he's doing something weird. You know, it's funny that that you that you came to that on your own without having ever interacted with him because you yeah. never went to Albany. No. Right. No. Well, sure. what else would it be? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I was so ob- obsessed with cults at the time. Anyways, even before leading up to it. I'd watched a lot of documentaries and I was like, well, I don't know. He's got the long hair. He's doing Buddhist stuff. I'm sh- he's recruiting a lot of beautiful women. I think, mm-hmm. I think there's something, some sort of sex thing going on. That's initially what I kind of thought. Then you, did you dismiss that thought or did you maintain <sighs> that thought? Cause I, I, I had that thought too in the past, but then I'm like, well, but he's the most ethical man in the world. So right. how could he be? How could he be kind of a double-edged sword? Like messing that? around with people. Yeah. I don't remember if I like dismissed it, but it, I remember thinking that it might be some sex stuff. Right. That was just initially like, because that's the way a lot of them go, yeah. you know? No, that's yeah. so true. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that you were so obsessed with cults. And one of our questions from Jess was, what is your favorite cult? Because everybody has one. Ooh, my favorite cult. <sighs> Shoot, I don't know. <laughs> or your least favorite. I mean, my least favorite. The one that you're most- Jonestown? Yeah, the, uh, that you're most intrigued by, I guess, would be another way to say it. Yeah. The- Haley Bob Comet, that one oh, um, is fascinating to um, me. That's the one with 
tea and dough and the Mars and the Nike. Yeah. Oh my God. Why am I blanking? Heaven's Gate. Heaven's, Heaven's Gate. Gate. Yeah. yeah. That one's one of the first ones I ever heard of. Yeah. Growing up. So that one always just, it was infamous for that me. That one was crazy. Yeah. We haven't done an episode on that, mostly because no. there's not many people no left to left. interview. Yeah. Yeah. There's people that were in it and left, but that's on the list. Yeah. There's just been so many other more pressing ones. What's your favorite one? <laughs> I mean, there's favorite in terms of like, I find there's so many parallels and and it was interesting to learn about was probably Buddha Field from Holy Hell. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was just yeah. a great movie as well. Favorite's a tough word yeah, for yeah. me. The yeah. one that's still the most intriguing is how Scientology gets away with what they're getting away with. That, mm. Yes, and, I was and, just thinking and that. And yeah. an ecosystem to support the success of its leaders in spite of everything that's coming out and how there's no one to put the cuffs on the perpetrators. It, it's yeah. just... How? Yeah. How? How do you do it? Well, where is David Miscavige's wife? I know. I don't know. Where's she been for the last 15 years or whatever? Leah Remedy took like, I think, 50 to 100K of her own money to hire an attorney to find out. She's on it. If you go to her uh, Twitter account, she basically exposes everything that she can still. Nothing. Nothing's unreal. And and I think there's things in place that protect them. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure the question (laughs) that all our fans want to know, what is the story behind the hit theme song, Cultivated. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I was just thinking about this this morning. I want to play, can I just, I'm just going to grab the guitar yeah. real quick. Yeah. I'll play yeah. you what it was, what it started as. Yes. Okay. So you hear that this is blown up. Yeah. And then you read the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And then you were inspired to write what we are going to hear right now. Yeah. I think it was like the next day. You just picked up a guitar and wrote this. Yeah. I was in a studio just not too far from here. The next day, because the reason I was on Clark was I was coming from that studio writing that day. And the next day I go back and my, I'm like, hey, I think this thing I was in is a cult. And he was like, oh, no way. That's crazy. And he, so I explained it. And he was like, yeah, maybe that's a cult, man. Anyway, so we started writing like a few songs. And like maybe this one came a little later because then the news came out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too much longer after my friend reached out and, and let me know that something was coming out in the New York Times. I think it was like two or three days later that it all came out. And then anyway, we wrote we wrote a song and and it started like on a like on acoustic guitar, really chill, like and then we wrote the song, demoed it. it was I want to hear more. I don't want it to be over. So it's a little bit happier. It was happier. It was like folky. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'd have to find it's it. It's a diff- like, totally different chord progression. Totally different chord progression. Yeah. And, too. and different melody. But, but dad's a folk singer. Yeah, like yeah. But I heard the song. I was like, I, I was like, I don't love the song, but I love the. Mm-hmm. And so I, we, I went back the next day or, or something. And I was like, I don't love the song, but I like this part. Can we just throw a drum beat to it? Mm-hmm. And then he puts a drum beat to it and we put it in. And I'm like, that is. That's it. We got to do something with that. And then we wrote this, what became Cultivated that day. Wow. And didn't didn't change it after that? Didn't change it after that, no. But the first song, it it was a song, and then scrapped that, and then it became Cultivated. How did you find out about it? I'm trying to remember. I think you just reached out and told me, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're like, I wrote a song. Yeah. I probably saw you at some point after and was like, hey, uh, (laughs) here's a song I wrote. (laughs) And I just loved it. Yeah. I loved it immediately. Like, as soon as I heard the lyrics, I think I even cried the first time I heard it. I I was like, it really viscerally captured so much of my experience for me. And that was, you know, 
like I shared this with you when you first sent it, like there's music has been a big part of my healing process. Mm-hmm. And and at the time we didn't even have a podcast, right? So we were in talks with doing, we had sold our life rights to a company that obviously never made it. But I remember we we were excited and I'd sa- I sent the files to the to the company and they're like, great, like this is, we're nowhere near doing the opening theme song. But I'm like, this is, this is the song. Cause we mm-hmm. were going to be EPs on it. We're going to be producers first. Like this is the song. And we'd also just been watching Big Little Lies. Do you watch that series? But that yeah. song, um, Cold, Cold Heart. Yeah. Cool, cool. Oh yeah. That's such a gripping visceral theme song for that show and totally hooks you right away. Mm-hmm. And so, and I felt that same way about Cultivated. So I said, please like, let us have it. And then that didn't go anywhere. And then the vow came out mm-hmm. and then the podcast emerged. And then we were like, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's the origin. That's where it came from. Yeah. It found a spot. Yeah, man. Found a very well-loved spot. Found yeah. a very well-loved spot. Like our audience. In fact, the song was more important than our podcast for a minute. What do you mean? People like the song more than the podcast <laughs> oh, yeah. for a minute. <laughs> Who is this guy? Okay. Well, a lot of podcasts have just like a jingle, you know, yeah. that you can buy off a bank. Yeah. And I... They're literally like ding dong ding. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like yeah. Diddly ding ding, beep beep. Yeah, just so generic, yeah. super generic, and or like boom 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 boom. Welcome to this podcast. You know, like it's true. <laughs> I could write one right now, just humming okay. something. I think you sent me one of them, and I was like, no, this shit, this is not going to fly. I got, we have to make this song. Like, yeah, yeah. There's no way. It, it just fits so well. It fits so well, and it. It made it more meaningful also because mm-hmm. A, you were a student. Yeah. And B, the song was about the origin's not wrong. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The song. It's 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 from our experience too, so we can relate. Yeah. This is totally spontaneous. I hadn't thought about this. Feel free to say no because I don't want to put you on the spot. What? But can we like play a couple of the like maybe the either the chorus or yeah. some of like the bridge or something just to like break just mm-hmm. talk about it? Sure. Like the lyrics themselves. Since yeah. this is a music music focus. And we're in a studio and you have a guitar. I wasn't anticipating this, so I didn't tune. <laughs> it's okay. Well, since it's been on the top of the charts, how many weeks was it? On the top of the charts? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's never been on the top of the charts. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, no. But it's well-loved in Turkey. countries such yeah, countries such as Turkey. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Turkey, for some reason, just took off. Do you think it's how they consume music? Countries kind of disperse it and distribute it and consume it differently. You said it was on a playlist. It was on play, yeah, big playlist there. And it just, yeah, for some reason, it just really blew up. I actually heard it in the dentist office. No way. Uh, getting my teeth cleaned. And no one was there. And I was just sitting there like, that's my song. That's my song. That's my song. And then the girl came back in. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. You don't have no idea what just happened. That's my song playing. And she's like, cool. Say it one more time. Oh, this is my song. Yeah, God, this is my song. And that's what I, yeah. Anyway. I may or may not put that on the internet because that's so awesome. Do it. <laughs> okay, so um, tell, so Britt, give us like give us like a little a little taste. Sinking down down to the depths of the ocean. Oh wait, it's a fixation cultivated now. You're asking for a promise I can't keep, just like a game of hide and seek. Secrets in the silence when you speak. I'm trying to find the key. Holy smokes. This I don't remember the key either. I can't help you there. Yeah. <laughs> Not my lane. It's an E minor. This is really funny. 
I can go British accent and pretend. Ooh. That was E minor, is it? Ooh. Turn it up to 11. <laughs> it's great. No, it's great. Keep going. Saucy Jack. I'm cultivated now. Well, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Now what I love, but what I wanna love. Oh, here it is. Suffixation, I'm cultivated now. Yeah, yeah. It's not what I love, but what you want allow. Like every lyric is so. You're asking for a promise I can't keep. Just like a game of hide and seek, the secrets in the silence. When you scream, I'm sinking down to the depths of the ocean, hanging on to the wind, my love. If I let go of it all, I could leave, but I know I won't. Yeah. God, it's so good. Uh, I have shivers. It's yeah. so, so good. Yeah, the, it's a uh, yeah. dark song. It's dark, but like every line has like a, like takes me to a, I hope you have the same thing. Well, probably we're different things in our heads, but it takes me back to like a different moment or like a different angsty kind of, like the silence when you scream. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like there were so many times where I was like, where I couldn't outwardly express how I was feeling. Yeah. Because we were so suppressed and you couldn't go up and express anything because then you'd be complaining and you couldn't go yeah. down because then it'd be bad leadership. So we were always this toxic Just, positivity of yeah. like, yeah. it's it so great. Trapped feeling. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. sinking Wh- down. Which is cultivated, isn't it? It really is. We're all cultivated. Are you just bringing your Nigel St. Hubbins to the Whenever you talk music, you, you have to, you have to do it with a British accent. Yeah, you have to, British, yeah, you you have to, ask, you really have to finish to. everything with, with a question, don't you? I believe you do, yeah. yeah. Right? As far as I know, yeah. yeah. Well, let's just finish the rest yeah. of the in interview in, a, in an accent, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> we should have taken gummies for this. Yeah. yeah. That could be That's part okay. two. If our audience really loves this, the next time we run it, we will just... Get super we'll, high. We'll pop a gummy and just. Gum. We should have John down for our live event. Oh yeah. In Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. We're having a live event this fall. Oh we don't yeah. Pick yeah. a date yet, but we want to have some bangers there. Yeah, or we could, or we can also combine it around like if you have a trip to Nashville or something. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We've met some really amazing. He seems like he should be the opening. Well, for sure, you'd be the opening. Yeah. Can I? Yeah, obviously. I'm just going to ask. Yeah, for yeah. sure, you, you'd be the opening. You, I think you, ta- you guys <laughs> taught me to like just, yeah, ask, just ask, yeah. ask the question. Yeah, of I would course. Like to, I would like to be a part of this. Oh, yeah. No, it would be so fun. And then we could like <laughs> film it and yeah. do all sorts of stuff with it. I had some more questions. Hold on one second. What would it take to get you to join an actual cult? Again, snacks, good music. Have you ever been close to anything else culty? Yeah. I was in uh, Mars Hill Church. You in were? Seattle, yeah. No way. When was that? That was in 2012, 13, 14. I was, act, I was like an active member. Were you doing music? I was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I went to it and I was, and I'd gone in 2004 and five because I was part of this like discipleship training mm-hmm. thing through a church. Anyway, so I went to Mars Hill then. And then when I moved to Seattle for a few years, I married a woman out there who is not Brie. Mm-hmm. And then we, divo- we divorced soon after. <laughs> yeah. And th- there's a whole like, abusive kind of system that that church 
put me through when I went through that divorce, which oh, is wow. a whole other story. But but yeah, I was in Mars Hill and that was very, very culty and, and yeah. lots of yeah, lots of abuse. How did you get out? That wasn't so hard because I had to leave. I just had to get out of everything that was a part of my life in Seattle. So everything that me and my ex-wife were part of, I had to basically cut ties with. So mm. so it wasn't too hard, but it was emotionally really hard. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'd grown up in the church. I'd always been like considered myself somewhat of like a leader or in, in the church, I guess, or in that world. And then to be like excommunicated and also seen as like a coward or like a, like a, a failure in that world was just really a, like a bit of an identity check. And I had to come to grips with this new reality and, you know, and, and leave it and walk away from it. And was any of that informing the song? A little bit. I mean, for that album called Classic, I pulled from a few things, a few experiences in my life. But that Cultivated was definitely more about Nexium than Okay. Than Marcel. It makes me wonder, not that I'm trying to therapize you or anything, because I'm I'm not a, a therapist. But, Do it. <laughs> but, I, but when I heard the song, I was like, I'm surprised how accurate it was, given how peripheral you were and you weren't, yeah. you didn't experience it with the quote, you know, bad stuff. Yeah. So I wonder how much of it maybe subconsciously was from mm-hmm. Mars Hill, which I have heard is, and there's, we haven't done a deep dive on it, but it's yeah. been requested that we do an episode on it. And there's lots of, I think there's a documentary out about it right now, right? Yeah. 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 Also, yeah. I, th- I think you underestimate like, <clears throat> yes, it wasn't part of the bad stuff, but taking a five day, there's bad stuff in it. And once the band-aid's ripped off, you can kind of go back knowing the thing that you just went through was bad and have a set of eyes that filter for the things that might mm-hmm. have been bad and abusive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that can inform. Or subconsciously, he was healing and allowing others to heal. (laughs) Mm. Now you got me thinking. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that cultivated, that whole album could have been just growing up in the church. You see so much and I'd seen so many aspects of it. I worked in it. I had, I also played in a Christian band years previous and seen every church in America and Canada, like every type of church. How did I not know this? I don't know. That's, that's messed up that I didn't, I didn't, I like. I miss this well, you, huge gap. You yeah. have a good pulse on what they all look like and sound like. And it's not that mysterious how these things work. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard our episode with Will Rutherford, who is our producer, but also was high up in a number of different evangelical, but as a, as a musician as well. As a musician. I don't know. I don't think I have. I'll no. send it to you. Yeah, please he'll do. He'll be listening to this. Hi, Will. What's up, Will? And he just, yeah, just had a really interesting faith journey Yeah. through the whole thing. Lots yeah. of overlap there, I see. Yeah, you guys. a couple post-Christians, yeah. deconstructionists. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is definitely like kind of the cult du jour right now. A lot of people deconstructing and still wanting to have a, you know, a, a faith, faith something yeah. or a relationship with God or whatever you want to call it, but not in the structure that they were raised in and trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to navigate at 37. <laughs> yeah. 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 37? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little spring chicken. Justine, young buck. <laughs> but I also didn't know that you were married before. It's the whole like pre, pre-life yeah. that, that you've had. Yeah. Anything that you notice that's culty in the music industry? Oh. Which we were planning on doing a whole episode on, but we haven't done yet. Without getting conspiracy theory. Bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I, I, think, I think there are rabid fans that I would say are very cult-like mm-hmm. in the way that they attack people that attack their leader, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're very defensive of, like, Taylor Swift's fans. Mm-hmm. And I love Taylor Swift. I, she's a great singer-songwriter artist, but, you know, and, and there are many other artists that have rabid fans. But, yeah, just that fandom seems very culty to me. And then 
and then in, in the higher ups of like labels and the way that they can kind of control artists. And yeah, I've just heard really like some horror stories of artists that'll get signed by a, a bigger artist or a bigger label, an artist who owns a label, they'll hire or they'll sign a bunch of artists that sound like that artist, the oh. one artist and, and shelve then, them and then they'll shelve them. They'll give them, they'll give them 50 grand to record an album. They'll sign them in for like three or four albums, which is about, you know, eight years of your life. So there, there's your career gone. So yeah, they'll shelve their whole thing so that they don't have any competition in that genre. Wow. Yeah. That I'd never heard of. They do that in acting too. Yeah. You that's look like true. a guy they're getting behind. Really? Yeah. They'll in sign acting. three or four that look like you or whatever. Sheesh. That explains I'm my career. That's that why I'm not famous. <laughs> well, everything's being decentralized now. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you kind of don't have, I mean, you still have to make wise decisions and understand the systems and the systems really aren't set up for your success. It's set up sure. for their success. Sure. And a lot of those things right now, because the technology are being neutralized, which is why you see a lot of the, mm -hmm. the fights that are going on right now. Yeah. So there's positives to it. Well, for those people who don't know much about you, one question that came up was, what are your musical influences? So other than the church, how do you describe your music as a, as a genre? Like, what genre does it fit into? It like would be indie folk? Indie singer-songwriter. Okay. Yeah, so it's not like mainstream pop, yeah. and it's not fully folk, so it's somewhere in the middle of that. Yeah. So just modern, modern folk or indie singer-songwriter would be how I'd explain it. But my biggest influences were Jeff Buckley, Bob Dylan, Neil Young, The Smiths. Yeah, those, I mean, there's, a, there's so many. Yeah. Joni Mitchell. Yes. For, you know, but I'll go to like some for lyrics. Right. Like for lyrical inspiration. Len Leonard Cohen would oh, be a big yeah. one, you know. No um, wonder. Yeah, he's the goat. And Bob Dylan. And Dylan, yeah. Two goats. And Joni Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. And then for for like music, if I'm like, I want to be inspired musically, I'll listen to like like Korean rockabilly or something. Oh, I don't just know that. The, yeah, there's just so, a Korean rock. Oh, like that's a genre. genre. I'll just type it in, I'll be like, What's Korean rockabilly like? And I'll just listen to that for a little bit and just try switch to pull. It up. Yeah, just switch it up. Try to pull new ideas of like, okay, that sound or that that rhythm, or that tempo. You know, see what I can do in that world. Farron. Yeah. You know who Farron is? Farron. Yeah. No. Farron played. <laughs> Should at the, I? Farron played at the folk festival, oh, and yeah. I grew up with Farron because my it was just like a Canadian uh, like folk folk legend. And Sarah and her mom were like, "You don't know who Farron is?" I'm like, "Guys, come on." And, and, and then two people, <laughs> separate from my mom, were like, oh, yeah, Farron is epic. Farron is, like, a legend. So I'm okay. at the folk festival. I'm like, Farron, everyone, I go, she's an icon. You know, like, I'm just, I have no idea she is. <laughs> icon. But he also didn't know who Rafi was when I met him. A lot of people Yo. don't know who Rafi are. No, no, he knows. People. I know. Yeah. I mean, okay. But I'm Canadian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm Canadian. It's a really important part of that. I know a lot. Sentence. So I, I go to Sarah. I go, Farron's like BC's Bob Dylan. And she's like, exactly like BC's, like straight face. I'm like, Sarah, I was totally joking. <laughs> Nobody knows who Farron is except people here. Like, everybody's <laughs> trying to act like she's this huge icon. I was like, you know, come on. And then there was the other one, Ry Cooter. You know Ry Cooter. Of course. Guitar legend. See? He taught Steve okay. Vai. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. okay, maybe so. All right. Maybe so. <laughs> but he's, this Ry might all be true, but they were talking about Ry Cooter. Ray Cooterman or Ray Cooter? Ray Cooter. Cooter. Ray Cooter's son is playing. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Oh, so Ray Cooter wasn't playing. Was it it was, was his son. The son like, of which, Ray. Fair enough, but everyone was just like acting like it was this like. The big deal at the folk fest. Big deal. And I, it was it just is. funny how I was like with Sarah. I was like, yeah, I hear Farron's playing. She's like, Ken is Bob Dylan. I'm like, Sarah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just talking <laughs> shit. Sarah, no, it's not. But this, it all started but, with uh, Rafi. But I will say Farron was good. Yeah. Is good. It's good. good. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So check Farron out. Yeah. How do you spell that, by the way? F E R R O N. The letter. Our Patreon <clears throat> fans are going to weigh in on this, I'm sure, because yeah. they always do. Yeah. Um, but where and where can people find you? And how, what's the best way to keep in touch with you? Oh, do, you do you have like a newsletter? I don't have a current newsletter going out, but I have Instagram and I use that mostly, which is not much these days, but trying to muster the strength to jump on social media. Kids are on TikTok, we hear. I, I hear yeah. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm on threads and TikTok. And- what threads? Somebody just invited me to threads. What threads is, that? is the new Twitter. Oh. Is it it's less not, volatile? It, for now. For now. For now, we'll see where it goes. You've heard how I've described to our audience what Twitter is. It's the bathroom wall for social media. Yeah, it's the dumpster fire. It really is. It's like no one's on there to listen. They're there to persecute you for having a different belief system. It's just (laughs) Just screaming. Or fortify your own. They go to to Twitter to fortify their own. Yeah. Or to say for a good time call. Yeah, there's that too. Right, on the bathroom wall. Okay. That's what I used to say. (laughs) For a good time tweet. <laughs> at so and so. So you're gonna come to Atlanta and do our yeah. opening and we'll get that date. We'll get a date. What's next for you now as a singer, songwriter, husband, artist? And you're acting too, right? I am, yeah. How's that yeah. going? Good. I, There's I a strike now. I don't know if you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks right now. No, I did a I did a movie like a like a MOW a couple weeks ago. So that was good. And you were playing a singer? I was playing a singer and the, the best friend of the lead who yeah. Was a supporting role. It was so, so you easy. were like number four or five on the call sheet. Yeah, that's, kind that's of huge. In on that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. great. Yeah. Honestly, supporting yeah. roles in MOWs are so great because you're not in every day. Yeah. You get paid well. It's enough days to get a chunk of change, mm-hmm. and you're and you can learn a lot too about the film industry because totally. you're like just there a lot. You're probably there in a lot of scenes, and you mm-hmm. don't have to do too much. You probably didn't have a lot to memorize. Am I right? Honestly, the three scenes I was in, my lines were all the same. Basically, I jump into the conversation between the two leads, and I'm like, "Wow, uh, Amelia, that's really cool of you. Thanks so much." And then I leave. That's that. Those <laughs> and the, all three scenes had the same kind of thing. It was. So easy. So, and did yeah. you ever encourage them to date, not to give up? You know, give up the chance. I didn't even get it. No, no. I, it was the same line. <laughs> they, they didn't even need your advice. <laughs> no, man. You just played the song. They knew. Yeah, just play the song, man. You set the tone, and you yeah. got to play a song. Yeah, it, it looks great. Like we were actually playing the song. In, and it was it your song? In the scene. I wrote one of the songs actually for the movie. So that's amazing. So it was cool. Yeah, to be involved in that part because the label was like they reached out, and then my acting agent reached out for the same movie separately mm-hmm. oh, nice. so then i got both to write a song for it and also to be in it you got paid for two skill sets yeah yeah that's so cool cashing so, in yeah cashing in man gonna make that All right, let's make get them dollars yes yes well and and do you, can you work in the u.s how does that work when you do tours and stuff yeah so I ha- i'm getting an 01 and then the plan right now is there's a friend down in the states that willing to let me sublet his place so get down in there Nashville? into no to la okay yeah so we'll see. Yeah, Nashville's on the horizon, but I think for this winter, we'll do L.A. Well, as soon as we are dialed into the agency, in which we are not yet because we've been moving, mm-hmm. we can also help there because oh, once you have your own visa and yeah. you can come and do work in Atlanta. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that'd be so great. So thank you so much for letting us come and do this after two and a half years of talking about it. Yeah. It's great to— We're cultivated, officially. Yes, we're officially fully, cultivated. We're fully cultivated. Thanks for having me. Thank I mean, you. Awesome. Yeah, and maybe we can, at the end of this, play the full song, and we'll link to all your stuff in our Let's show notes. It. Please Let's do. do. Yeah. And That's great. We'll see you soon. It's a fixation. I'm cultivated. 
Oh, oh, oh. 